Valmania. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you. It is so good to have you. You are the first member of Children of the Sun that has graced my presence. So thank you. Yeah, it's super fun to be here, you know, speak a little English. (laughs) It's always always a good idea. So have you done any American press at all for for your music Um, or? Yes, but only in writing, uh, actually. Do you like doing like this kind of like voice to voice or do you find it to be a little more stressful? No, no, I am. Um, I love it. Just let me <laughs> get warmed up here. <laughs> I'm going to say a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> I always find it to be interesting to engage with somebody, um, you know, in an audio setting, because I feel yeah. like you can really get the emotion across or someone's point across a little more than if you're reading you know, when I was a kid or even a teenager and into my early 20s, like I used to read magazines all the time, like rock magazines. And you would read all these interviews. And I would I remember thinking, oh, I would love to know what these people sound like when they yes. talk. And now that I've been doing podcasts for a while, it's so exciting to me because it's it's still kind of a new thing, you know, in my mind. But you know, for a younger generation, it's probably what you know the most as far as um, interviews. So, yes, sure. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I really do. I was so just going to ask you. Yeah. Like, what do you listen yeah. to? Uh, oh, it's mostly like uh, I, I listen to Swedish music documentaries and just, uh, you know, humor programs, mostly a, a little bit of philosophic um, podcasts, uh, but, but they're all in Swedish, you know. I, I actually want to learn how to speak Swedish because I feel like since so many of my friends are Swedish, that's an, yeah. I should probably learn how to speak the language at least a little bit. Yeah, because it's should. a beautiful language. It's a beautiful yeah, language. Go, go to Minnesota and uh, learn some. <laughs> there, there sure is a lot of Swedes in Minnesota. And uh, I think there is a Swedish-speaking village there due, due to the immigration, uh, the mass immigration from Sweden in the 19th century. Really? I did not, this, yes. I did not even know that. So Minnesota yeah, is the place to be. Yeah, they have a Swedish-speaking school too. And uh, like... Uh, a village called Lindgren, uh, I think, or something. Uh, it's uh, it's great. I, I just want to know why there's not a Swedish music movement then coming out of Minnesota. Like there should be some great right. bands coming out of Minnesota. You know, like yeah, Graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some root rock coming up. <laughs> uh, well, for those of uh, who are listening that don't really know, they obviously a lot of the people who listen know who children of the sun is because I write about you guys and talk about you guys a lot um, because you're a great band and, and such a talented group of, um, of young men and women who play this music that was that long predates your age, probably even more so than your parents. 
I don't want to go too much into Children of the Sun because I want to talk more about you and your solo stuff. But what I did want to know is how did you get into that kind of music being a young person growing up in such a modern musical world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think for me, it all began with being introduced to the Beatles, really, uh, which also has influenced my solo project as well. I, mm-hmm. I kind of see my music as a bit of Beatlesque. Be- Beatlesque? <laughs> what would be the word? Uh, yeah, Beatlesque. Um, and uh, with that said, uh, it just, you know, all of the band members of Children of the Sun went to this, the same gymnasium which would be high school i think in Mm. the us uh and there was just a boom of uh, trending uh retro music and everybody got into vintage shopping and uh, and then uh, children of the sun was formed in that era (laughs) trending retro music and clothing and everything uh, and so I moved on from Beatles and I started to listen to, uh, you know, Kate Bush and all of that. I wasn't really a member of the band at first. I, I got into the group like two years later than everyone else. I think my love for the 70s rock scene just grew by joining the group. Now, was that like a kind of music that your, your parents played a lot? Um, while you were growing up? Because um, I'm going to assume that your parents are, I'm probably closer to your parents' age. Than, you know. And so when I think of the mm-hmm. music I grew up listening to, like I'm, I'm kind of trying to picture if maybe like they were the kind of people that listened to that kind of classic rock mu- music or. I was raised, raised by my mother and uh, it was, uh, she was more of a Cindy Lauper kind of girl, <laughs> really. <laughs> so. I think it was, uh, it just came from, it just came out, out of thin air. But then again, um, um, the Beatles were always uh, playing in our house. Well, because it's really, you know, when you listen to music a lot, you know, and it is, uh, oh gosh. <laughs> Turn my phone off. Maiden. That's, that's I know. That's how I know when someone's calling because it's like the loudest Iron Maiden riff ever, and it always makes yeah. me jump. You know, but <laughs> but uh, I I tend to get a little nervous when bands that I love have members that do their own albums. I was so pleasantly surprised that from the very first song, it was reminiscent of it was almost a '90s retro pop music which was retro on the 70s if that makes sense so like you know in the 70s yeah. you know, like in the you know if in the 60s you know you had the beatles and then in the 70s you had Badfinger and bands like that and then going into the 90s there was like this movement of bands that there was a band from california called jellyfish who they looked like the 60s they sounded like the 60s and 70s and the minute I heard that song, I was like, that could have been a jellyfish song. Like, I was like, that's oh, amazing hey. to me. And the influence of all the songs seemed to vary so much. Like, you know, it's not just one type of sounding album. No, I think I just got like the inspiration at such different eras of 
time in my life because it was all created during a period of time where a lot of shit happened and I just got thrown into different directions all the time and uh, and I just were partly overthrown with inspiration but partly quite empty you know uh, and and I think that might show on the variation of the tracks. There's this, there's this place where like, it reminds me of being young, but at the same time, it reminds me of being younger, but having very adult emotions and very adult feelings. And you seem to have like some aspects of loss and confusion and conflict. And those are pretty intense things to have as a, in, as a young singer songwriter, where did that, I mean, I mean, obviously you, like you were just talking about, like you went through a lot of shit and whatnot, you know, to kind of that inspired these lyrics. What was some of the stuff that you, if you don't mind talking about, I mean, like, like what's an example of something that you went through that made you say like the best way for me to cope with this is to write a song about it. Yeah. Okay. You want to know where the darkness comes from? <laughs> yeah. I'm a songwriter, so I love to know where those things come from. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. I can talk about it. You know, the whole album was created during you know the COVID pandemic and the time of isolation, and I think the lead track of the album, "Days Like This," kind of um, sums it up pretty good uh, because it's about this. Um, anxiety and uh, uh, these really suffocating feelings but oh, how okay. they uh, how they just like instantly <laughs> go away and then like explosive pace really um, as you learn how to respect yourself uh, because I was I was uh, experiencing a fear of speaking my needs uh, which I kind of talk about on the track stalemate mm -hmm. uh, the, the lack of communication and not being able to speak your needs because you're always uh, putting someone else's needs in front of your own from the beginning on the first track called the beginning mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I talk about this very very sudden joy for life like uh, maybe a, a hunger to live and also, um, or maybe is it a track in particular that you? The one that really stuck out to me the most, you know, and I feel like I'm sure this happens with you. Like when, like if you listen to a record, right. Or like an album by a band, especially if it's one you've never heard before. And you're like, this album is really good. But then all of a sudden there's one particular song where you're like, I have to hear that again you know, yeah. and again and again. And for that song, for me, it was the song Stoked. I don't know. Like, it's, it's like, you, it sounded like you really wanted something and that something that was, that, that would make you happy, but there seemed to be some sort of like barrier that was maybe keeping you from there. Is, is that kind of accurate? That's kind of accurate. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Stoked is a love letter. <laughs> Uh, for based on indie films such as 500 days of summer maybe mm -hmm. and so it um, 
It flirts with the song Us by Regina Spector, which would be one of my favorite songs ever. Have you heard it? Yes, I did. I, yeah. I didn't put that I didn't with the put strings that in it. Yeah, I, I love it. it. Like uh, the quote in, um, in the bridge is uh, statues of us, handmade sculptures. Regina said our noses would rust. I remember. Uh, yeah. Because it's, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's what she says in, in, in the song Us. Uh, so it's about two kids in love on a, on a trip to Italy. And uh, they have uh, managed to like patch their relationship together and which brings this invincible feeling really of uh, being uh, them against the world mm-hmm. uh, you know that kind of youthful feeling of being us against the world uh, which also is often shown in indie films mm-hmm. and um, so it's a love letter to indie films but also like uh, maybe me trying to say that I once wished I patched something together instead of letting go, which I did. <laughs> to me, it sounded like such a personal song. Um, is there some personal in, in, entanglement with that song or was that kind of just strictly something that you came at from a, like a literary or a poetic place? Uh, no, uh, like I said, I, it's um, in some ways stoked is uh, really me uh, talking about how I once wished I actually had had the guts to patch something together instead of letting go. That is so that is see, and to me, that's what I love about this song because in hearing that story from you, like, I feel like I can listen to that and relate that to you. But at the same time, it does tell this kind of story that almost everybody has experienced, you know, like, 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 why did I let that go? You know, why, why didn't Mm I, you know, try to make something work, you know? And yeah, you know, youthful love, (laughs) like these indie films can be so beautiful that you can, maybe get hung up on that feeling that I will never ever feel like that again. Mm-hmm. So that's why I use uh, the, that uh, symbolism. Would you hope that maybe someone listening to that song might actually maybe find some relief in that if they were experiencing the same kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, sure. And maybe just um, enlightened and maybe quite uplifting way to look at it uh, you know that oh okay uh, it's fine it's it's just an indie movie it's just a Wilmania song <laughs> it can there will always be another one uh, but but yet I, I have the full right to be in these feelings because they're my feelings and that's also one of the things I also love is by sharing your own feelings and your own experiences that as musicians and as songwriters and creative people that maybe we can connect with someone who might be listening and go, Oh, okay. So I'm not the only one that ever experienced this. So it's like, it has always been a beautiful thing about music. Um, of my role models 
has ever done. So if I could do the same thing, my life would be complete, really. <laughs> so did you think much about that, like in creating, uh, in like writing your songs and preparing to put them out? Like, is that something that you thought of in the back of your mind when doing this? Or was it more of, this is just my creative output? Yes. Um, no, I, I just really had to write it because, it, you know, I had to do something with these feelings. Mm-hmm. Now, this did you write all these? I talked about Oh, yeah. Well, tell yeah. me about that. Uh, go on that a little more, like the hunger for life. Like, was, was it based on the, was it the COVID, the, the pandemic that kind of sparked that? In some ways, yes. Of course, the pandemic had its turn on, turn with me. Um, but that, that, for the album, it has mostly affected the fact that I chose to produce it myself because it wasn't really a time to bring in band members or go to a studio. I just felt I was better off doing it in my shoebox apartment. <laughs> uh, but the hunger for life, uh, I think I, uh, if I may get a little personal, uh, I felt quite stuck and quite alone. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I had lost a lot of confidence because um, I have always felt quite smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not a weird thing to say. <laughs> and, no. quite, no. and quite funny too, uh, because I have always had these lovely friends uh, uh, nearby. Um, but then um, in the city that I lived in, I was uh, quite lonely actually. Uh, and um, But then I just got into this super great uh, gang of friends, a group of friends who um, just were so uplifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, so I can get <laughs> compliments. Uh, it, it just felt uh, great to, uh, to gain that confidence again. And uh, I also, in that same period of time, I found out that I had gotten into the bachelor program here in Gothenburg that I'm studying right now. We had a conversation about it earlier that, that I'm studying uh, and I, I totally love it. Uh, I do. Maybe that's where it came from. I chose to you know get out of a relationship that wasn't really working. Um, and maybe that's when I realized that, oh, I can actually hang out with people who tells me I'm smart. <laughs> relationships seem to be like the building block or the foundation I feel like behind songwriters, whether it's the relationship with a loved one or friends or the world in general. And it's not always an easy thing to write about, but it's a relief sometimes I would think when did the writing process start for you for this two shall pass? And did you, you wrote all the songs yourself, correct? Yes, I, I have. So when did that process start? Oh my God. It, it has, it has been a ride really. Uh, it, it, it took so long for me to 
not only write, but produce these songs. And some of them I have carried with me for a really, really long time. Uh, Slow Like Dance was actually one of the first songs that I ever wrote. Uh, I was 14 at the time when I wrote it. Um, when I was 14 years old, I was playing really shitty punk music. I, that's an incredible <laughs> song to write at 14. Yeah, I, I think I played some shitty punk music too. <laughs> 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 it's nice to know that that carried on into the younger generation that we've all played shitty punk music or oh, shitty yeah. heavy metal. <laughs> played some shitty punk bass uh, back in 2014. Uh, but yeah, so, so that track, uh, uh, so, and I chose, I chose to keep it the way it was with some bad grammar uh, because that's the way it was. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I chose to keep it. So I actually thought that was vodka at first. And I was like, oh, my God, she's drinking a bottle of vodka. And then I realized it's not vodka. OK, <laughs> no, it's a it's a juice bottle um, with apple and raspberries that I have put water in. <laughs> so it's very and it's actually called innocent. So <laughs> I think that sums it up. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was my favorite thing to do when I was a younger person was to was to put whiskey in a bottle of Coke with Coke in it. So it just always looked like Coke and it was yeah. really Coke and whiskey. <laughs> you know? mm. so. Yeah, oh, uh, people did that too. Uh, you know, I I come from a really small town in in Sweden uh and uh, people just did this but with Sprite <laughs> or seven up. Mm-hmm. Um and then they just got out on our only street called the main street <laughs> and uh, just walked up and down, hoping that the car would stop and just take them away from there <laughs> with a Sprite and vodka mixture. <laughs> but then eventually I got a moped so I can go to the slightly bigger town where Jacob and all of the band members lived. <laughs> so uh-huh. that was good for me. <laughs> you got a moped. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, um, and so uh, me and my little brother went on this moped, uh, like it, it's an hour drive. So you can imagine for how long we rode that moped. Um, and we couldn't, we couldn't have a radio or anything. So we just, um, tried to figure out a way to count time or kill time, maybe even. So we just uh, thought that we might sing to count how many times we could sing the song before we were got there. And we just uh, did it. There, there wasn't a lot of songs that we both knew the lyrics to. So we mm-hmm. just took the longest one we could find out, and that was Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> so, so we just sang it from the top to the bottom uh, for I don't know how many times. Uh, but that. That's just the way it was on the Swedish countryside. When I was in high school, uh, I had like two or three really close friends. And um, one of our friends was the only guy that drove. And he had he had this really piece of shit, small car, and he had a tape deck in it. And he had the cassette single for Bohemian Rhapsody. And oh. it got stuck in his tape player. So no every way. time every time you got in the car, it only played Bohemian Rhapsody all the so time. Great. And he was like, I'm just going to leave it. 
I don't want to take it out. And so every time you got in the car, Bohemian Rhapsody played, no matter where you went, like because it, it was stuck in the tape player. And then it would automatically flip over and it would play it again. You know, so like it was just Bohemian Rhapsody. I know every word to that song now. <laughs> you know? Yes, of course. As one does. Um, that's, that's what happens in How I Met Your Mother, too, right? That's, the exact that's right. I totally same forgot thing about happened. that. Yes. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's cool, though, because that kind of shows that there's this generation of music that never like things don't change with your album again like i said this before but what i loved is that it's got like a very old soul feel to it but you also have some modern sound by using some some electronic kind of instrumentation you know but and you weren't trying to hide it which i loved like you weren't trying to say i don't want this to, so you really used it and one of the things I thought was interesting was when I first messaged you about uh, the album and I wrote the review is that three of the artists that really stood out to me, you'd never even heard of. Who were some of your bigger influences as far as sculpting you into a pop rock songwriter and musician? I, oh, I feel like my music is like retro, retro pop mm-hmm. with um, like jazz influences and musical theater even. And that comes from mostly Fiona Apple, uh, which is my biggest inspiration. And also uh, a songwriter with an old soul. I, I One of my favorite YouTube clips ever is an interview with Fiona when she is like only 18 years old. And she says uh, something like, I know I'm very young, but I do pay a lot of close attention to what happens around me, my surroundings, people I meet, and I pay a lot of close attention to myself, which makes me know myself. And when you know yourself, you really do know a lot. Mm-hmm. And those words, you know, they just stuck to me. And that's why I know them by heart. And by the time she says it, uh, her song Shadow Boxer, you know, oh, just yes. slowly fades in. And there's a live clip of her just banging on the piano, closing her eyes and singing it out. Uh, and uh, that just was kind of the starting point for me. Uh, if I ever, like, become an inch of her, I will be so happy. Um, and then there's also... Uh, Kate Bush, of course, uh, uh, Days Like This, I think is very Kate Bush influenced uh, with the long instrumental outro and everything, mm-hmm. like Withering Heights, which uh, uh, is one of my favorite songs. So one of the things I do love that you touched on was about how like Days Like This kind of has a, uh, almost like a theatrical sound to it. The video was very theatrical and yes. one of the, and what I also loved about it. And I love that you did this because I, I I'm a big fan of when artists do this is that you also kind of tied into the concept of the album art. So, you know, in the video you're wearing this, the outfit and the, the, you're, you're in the chair and I just, I don't know. It was a very artistic thing. And like, was that kind of your, concept to do the video and like like where did that overall concept come from oh it's a it's a concept by myself and 
Ebba. Ebba Gustafsson Ågren, which is my photographer and filmer from the start. I worked with her a couple of times and she's she's just a genius and DIY queen <laughs> uh, based in Malmö in Sweden, which is uh, maybe a huge center for indie rock music. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, we just uh, had a couple of video meetings about this um, this concept and I want, I really wanted to dance because I, I had a lot of dance in my body that I wanted out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also in the process of just, you know, becoming happy again, uh, dancing, jazz dance was super important for me. And so we had just learned this choreography that I loved. So I talked to my dancing teacher, just, can I use this? Um, and she said yes, so I did. And I and, and for the dancing parts, I wanted to you know just fool around a little bit with the, the idea of the drama kids. <laughs> so that's why I did all of the eyeliner and the black clothing and the dramatic mm-hmm. poses. Um, because I I had just watched a lot of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where they do this parody of a, a theater group. <laughs> <laughs> and the SNL sketch where they do the same thing. Oh, you do. Yes. Uh, Charlie's play. <laughs> uh, and the SNL sketch where they where they just joke about theory kids. I wanted to do something like that. And that's why I did it for my dancing parts. But with a lot of love because I'm a theater kid myself. <laughs> and I loved uh, all of the uh, the retro things in the video yeah. and i just remember thinking like well, as i was you know like the old phones and all that, i just remember mm-hmm. thinking like oh i had that oh i had that too i had that too. You know? <laughs> where did you find all that stuff it's i mean it was amazing yeah different venues in malmo um like flea markets mm-hmm. uh, i as i spoke about as i told you earlier there I think in the Midwestern and also Southern Sweden is a huge retro influenced trending wave uh, coming through. So uh, there's just a lot of it. It's easy to access all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we did all of, all of the shootings and we just thought that it turned out so, so beautiful. So that's why we just chose to not take necessarily many press photos just use like uh, video stills from the video because uh, it turned out so energetic and genuine and i'm proud of i'm proud of it myself because i i really i really got to you know express a lot of energy that i had just held in held inside for a long time mm-hmm. and it wasn't in the it wasn't the same period of time that i you know got out of the relationship and uh, started to feel more alive again see that's that is a beautiful thing because one of the things i did enjoy about the video was i was watching it and it really did remind me of this kind of a release that like i could almost watch you and like you look like you were having so much fun but at the same time you were um 
you know, when I have a lot of energy in my body and when I'm anxious, I, I know it sounds crazy, but like, you know, I'll put on some music in my room and I'll clean down here in the basement. I'll move and kind of dance or whatever. Of course, you, you don't want to see it. It's terrible. But, <laughs> but, but it, there's something about dance, you know, yes. and just the overall physical movement of your body that it relieves you, you know. Totally, totally. And I, I just love that you're bringing this up because one of the most important part of my process is actually jogging. It feels like it's one of the only things that I talk ever talk about with my friends and they have to be so tired of this. <laughs> but uh, I, I actually trained for a half marathon because I had, I just had to add something more to my personality. So I, I started to say I'm training for a half marathon. And then I actually, uh, someone uh, filled out the form and uh, um, applied for me for the marathon. So now I'm, now I'm doing it uh, for real and as well, uh, which is quite scary. Now you can't go back. You can't turn I can't back. Go, no, no return. <laughs> I have to do it because I have told so many people and I can't fail either. And I, I also, uh, like the track is passing through our... Um, <laughs> our favorite pub so i'm going to be so exposed <laughs> while jogging there but uh, yeah i i do run a lot if there's not a new idea maybe there is always something that lands or comes to me uh, while running or you know uh, just getting home for getting home from the jog so that's a super important part of the process for me and, and also like um, driving, uh, mm. I, I do believe in the magic of moving forward. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. Long, long mm. road trips in my car, you know? Yeah. Yes. I have a friend and of mine. I do, who and I do that a lot because of um, the distance between me and the band <laughs> and also my family back in Bernland. Uh, the three hour drive that I do quite often. I have a good friend, like my best friend will sometimes ask me, he'll say, you know, what did you listen to while you were driving? And sometimes I say nothing. And because sometimes, you know, there's something about just being in the car and quiet and hearing the tires on the road and, you know, all the different sounds that you don't normally pay attention to because we're too busy or distracted. And it's amazing how your mind opens up you know, when you don't have music to distract you. Cause as much as I love listening to music and I listen to music all day, sometimes I don't want to listen to music. Sometimes I want to have quiet because it, 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 it doesn't influence me so much, you know, to, mm -hmm. it makes me want to think on my own a little bit. Yes. Uh, I, I totally agree. Uh, I do have a lot of silence. <laughs> I, I, I don't always have music when I run. Uh, and I, I, it's like sometimes I have to force myself to actually listen to things. And every time I do, I just, uh, I, I love it. But, uh, but I do love some silence. Before we close out, I just wanted to ask you a couple more questions about the album. Who, who did all the instrumentation? Did you do all the instruments yourself? <laughs> Uh, almost. Um, uh, it's it's mostly di digital. 
Mm-hmm. Midi, Midi sounds. Um, because again, it is uh, made in the mid pandemic, and I didn't, other than you know, Children of the Sun, I didn't really have a lot of musical communities um, or places. Or, but uh, with that said, um, there is um, the bass guitar for days like this, and the beginning is played by my little brother. Um, yeah, and I, I, I was like, uh, uh, you have to put your bass on this because he was just sitting and jamming uh, and it sounded so great when I was visiting home once. And I was like, oh, you have to do it. Now, <laughs> I, I will bake you a chocolate cake right now if you just put it on my track. And so he did. So actually, I, I'm just <laughs> in the other room <laughs> whipping eggs together <laughs> while he's playing the parts. And for the same two songs, uh, the beginning and days like this, I do have You One Love, which is the drummer in Children mm-hmm. of the Sun. It just ties the songs together beautifully. He, he's, uh, uh, he's a genius. I, I love hearing that because one of the things I did love, I do love about, especially like with Children of the Sun, is that it seems to be a collective of sorts where you guys are all a band, but everyone kind of seems to have their own interests and your music. Did you get, you got a lot of support from your bandmates when doing this album? Yeah, sure. Um, I I think they really support me. Are they going to be upset when you get really famous and have to quit the band? No, they will be famous too. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) They're, they're just brilliant. I actually had Ida here. And I, I just, uh, she's the greatest. I just uh, texted her one day. How was your day? And she had, you know, had quite a long day at work. And I was like, oh, don't you want to come down here to Gothenburg for my release party of the album? And I just expected her to say no, but she was like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, she just came here. I-, I love her so much. She is. She is great and such a great bass player too. I mean, you guys are all such a bunch of insanely talented individuals that I just love hearing you as a unit, but getting to hear you solo has been such a good treat for me because it's been one of my favorite albums to come out so far. It's well-produced it's well-written and I know you're going to be doing a live show. So have you assembled a band to play these songs? Yes, I have. Uh, over at the music academy mm-hmm. on which I study, I have, you know, found the most non-threatening and cute band members ever. <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, we are playing together uh, the next very next Friday, actually, at a really nice pub here uh, or venue, and it's going to be a blast i i love playing live i think that's why i just think about it that is the main reason why i write there's something about playing live music and presenting yourself to people it's kind of scary but at the same time you're like getting to share something with people and watching them enjoy it watching them react to it well, so how about the release of the album? It's it's on Spotify right now. Uh, Vilma Nia, This Too Shall Pass. 
is there going to be a like a vinyl release or some sort of a physical release of the album or is it going to just be digital for right now it's going to be digital i'm waiting with the uh with the vinyl release until i have um you know something more long play i'm really thinking about doing like a concept album or such because i'm so super into musical theater but that will need some long and hard thinking and work uh, but that's what i want to do have you come yeah. up with an idea for the concept yet um uh, maybe maybe yes oh <laughs> maybe i have okay yes. <laughs> i'm very excited for this one <laughs> so when do you think you might start writing for that uh, as soon as possible right now i'm just trying to you know get out with my band and play live as soon as i can i will just get back into the studio and do you think that now that you're playing with a band that a full band might be more involved in the recording process for yes, the next of, one of course it was fun of course to produce this album by myself and i just felt that it was something that i needed to do because uh, uh, i i just really wanted to always be able to say that i did it <laughs> I, I did it on my own uh, once at least uh but as for the future i will bring other people into the process just because i i really do enjoy working with other people i think it brings a lot of necessary energy but I, I sure will be involved in the studio process because I, I do love uh, music production. If you had to tell people who are going to listen to your album or who haven't heard it yet, what do you hope that people get out of it? I would love if uh, I could just make people feel uplifted or maybe get a hint of the feeling that I felt this spring when I was, did most of the work. Happy and uplifted. <laughs> And, you know, uh, the title, This Too Shall Pass, it's an important mantra for me, uh, but it's also an old Persian saying that has been translated into multiple languages. And now it's also the title of my album. And uh, I think those words sums it up. And that's something that people can, you know, just have, like I have had those words with me. Kind of like what I said when I reviewed your album these times right now where things are kind of dark and uncertain and kind of sad, your album was so much fun to listen to and it made me smile and it actually made me kind of dance a little bit, you know? <laughs> but it was, was great. It, it was, it was, it was, a, it, it's a perfect album at the perfect time and you did fantastic with it. Thank you. It means a lot. It means a lot. <laughs> It was so nice meeting you and talking to you. Me too, I, really. I hope everybody hears the album and, you know, and good luck with everything. Thanks a lot. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me.